Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to turn to God's Word. The crash is on tonight for uh, the babies there. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn just very briefly for a few moments. Just remember, there's supper afterwards for everyone. Please stay behind for some fellowship. But Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read from verse 13 through to 17. Matthew 16, uh, verses 13 to 17. And once you're there, if you would stand just for a minute to the, for the reading of God's Word tonight. Matthew 16 and verse 13. Once we're there, if you all would stand and we'll read God's Word. Amen. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Lord, we pray that you'd bless your word. Lord, bless those that hear it tonight. Lord, would you open eyes and open ears? Would you speak to hearts tonight? Lord, we realize it is not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit that you would move in this gathering, save souls, set men and women free, open eyes, open understanding. May men see Jesus. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats tonight. Praise the Lord. The greatest revelation, the greatest revelation that any man or any woman on this planet can have is a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. For the answer is not just spoken, but it is seen. And it requires the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, for any person to truly see who Jesus really is. What a profound statement from the Lord as he speaks to the disciples. And he asks in some ways a general question. Who do men say? Who do men say that I am? And as Peter and the disciples stop at such a question, we read that they respond, well, some believe that you're John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been beheaded and they believed that he had come back. And some say you're like Elijah, perhaps one even of the prophets, maybe even Jeremiah. But then the Lord brings it from the general, and he brings it right down to the individual. And that's really what I want to do tonight. Rather than the general, we'll start there, but I want to bring it right down into the individual and ask you this question, who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you really say or who do you think that Jesus is? Peter responds with a profound statement. He says these words, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a reply to the question. Thou art the Christ. That word means the Messiah or the Anointed One. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus turns to Peter, and this is important to note this, and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon, 
for flesh and blood. In other words, it's not just natural intellect. It is not by your natural matter that you have understood the question and answered it. But this has come to you by way of a revelation. Your understanding, it's, it's irrelevant of how intellectual we are or not. Actually, the revelation comes by the power of the Spirit. That God, by the power of the Spirit, opens our eyes. That we see who Jesus really is. That's a work. That's a supernatural work. You could go to university the rest of your days to try to study to find who Jesus is, but unless the Spirit of God moves and opens your understanding and enlightens your eyes, you'll always have a natural ability to say, this is who Jesus is. But when by the power of the Spirit of God that your understanding is enlightened and your eyes are opened. We have sang about that tonight, the day that our eyes are opened and we see him for who he is. That comes by the power of the Spirit. And so it's important tonight that I realize that it's essential that we preach the gospel, but unless, unless the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, comes by way into this meeting and, as it were, turns the light on, we sing those songs, I saw the light, something happens, something supernatural happens at that moment when our understanding is, is illuminated by the power of the Spirit and we realize who Jesus really is. And then we have a responsibility to do something with that revelation. You see, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says these words, that the God of this world, that there is a God of this world, and that is the devil. The God of this world, he would seek to blind the minds of them that do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, would, who is the image of God, would shine in onto them. It goes on to say in verse 6, For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There is illumination that takes place by the power of the Spirit. You see, the Bible says these words in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not just intellectually trying to understand who Jesus is, but there's a supernatural experience. We call it, the Bible calls it being born again. Your eyes are open. You see who He really is. He's not just an historical figure, but He truly is the Son of God. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. He did come into the world. He died on a cross for me, and He died for you. And we know that we need a Savior, and we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, and we repent of our sin, and we're born again, and we know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. So when I ask the question, or I believe really that the Lord is asking this question to you tonight, to everyone that's in this room, who do you say, who do you say that Jesus is? What a question. Who do you say that Jesus is? Well, I want you to come with me just gently through some scriptures and to look at what men would say. Who do men say that He is? But the answer to this is crucial. Actually, it's vital. 
and the knowledge of this and the experience of the reality of this actually determines your eternal destiny. So I believe it's so important that you listen just for a few moments. It's not just to push in 10 or 15 minutes in a meeting, but actually it depending upon your eternal destiny. The after this. The core question is who is Jesus? Really, who is he? Well, most of us will agree with some of these things. We know that he was born in a town called Bethlehem. From no height, we've been brought along and from school, we've been taught about the nativity and that time of the year, which wasn't the actual date, but we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know he was born in Bethlehem and everyone would agree this is who Jesus is. He was born in Bethlehem. Matthew chapter 2 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. So we know then that he was born in Bethlehem. He was born and his mother was Mary. And everyone would say, well, we know the story. And maybe, maybe some of you here played Mary in the nativity or played Joseph. And so we know that, yes, well, Jesus was born to Mary in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, when the wise men came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped. So we know that it was in Bethlehem and he was born. His mother was Mary and he was a Jew. His ancestry tells us there in Matthew chapter 1, that lineage there, he was off the tribe of Judah and he was off a royal line. He was actually off David's royal line. He was brought up in a town called Nazareth, Matthew chapter 2, verse 23. We find there that it was fulfilling the scriptures that he would be a Nazarene. And then we know that from scripture, again in Matthew 13 and 55, he had brothers. He had brothers and he had sisters, and that's important because there's actually some religions say that he didn't, but the Bible says that he did. His brothers were James and Joseph. Simon and Judas, and he also had sisters. And then as he began his ministry at about the age of 30, we read that many recognized him as a great teacher. In Matthew 7 and verse 29, the Bible tells us that he was one that taught them as one having authority. He was a profound teacher. And the Bible tells us, the disciples in John 6 and 14, after the great miracle of the loaves and the fish, the gathering up of the fragments in the twelve baskets, they said of a truth that this man is a prophet that has come into the world. We know that he was a great healer. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14, when he came into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid sick of a fever. And in that moment, Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. And she rose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought many unto him that were possessed of devils, and he cast them out with his word, and he healed every single one of them that was sick. He was a great teacher. He was a prophet. He was a great healer. And probably up to this point, everyone would say, across all the probably religious divides, well, that was great. But I want to tell you something about this Jesus that sets him apart from other, every other religion and every other cult and every other so-called faith across this world. He was unique in his birth. He was unique in his birth. The Bible tells us that he was born. He's the only man that was born of a virgin. Mary was a virgin. 
the Holy Ghost came upon this young woman and in her womb was planted the seed, the Son of God. And she gave birth. She gave birth to the Son of God. Now shall call his name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. He was unique in his life. I'm asking you the question, who do you say that Jesus is? But he was unique in his life in this one thing, that he knew no sin. He was sinless. He was unique in his death. The Bible says of his death in Isaiah 52 that they were astounded at his visage because he was actually marred more than any other man. When they marred him and when they beat him and when they put him on the cross, there was no one, there was no one like Jesus. No man was marred like him. Actually, it tells us that his back was like a plowed field. He gave his back to the smiters. That's why we say tonight that by his stripes we are healed. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 it says, For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But listen to this. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. He's the only man that has ever risen from the grave. In Matthew chapter 28, the angel of the Lord came down and descended upon that great stone where he was laid in that tomb and rolled back that stone and sat upon it and said to those women, I know that you're seeking Jesus, but he is not here. Praise God, he is risen. He's the only man to ever rise from the dead. Forty days after that resurrection, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24 and verse 44, these are the words that I speak unto you. While I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And verse 45 says these words, and this is why we know that it's not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. It says these words, Then opened he their understanding. Something very profound happened at this moment that he opened their minds that they would understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, And thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and I will send you the promise of my Father upon you. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And this is important. And he blessed them, and he was parted from them, and he was carried up into the heavens. And at that moment, there was angels appeared, and these angels said to those that were standing, gazing up as Christ, Jesus Christ ascended up into the heavens. They said that this same Jesus, this same Jesus, which is taken up into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That this is the promise that is in God's word, that there will come a time again when Jesus Christ will return. And so tonight the question 
that I want to ask you just as we come to conclude tonight, who do you say that Jesus is? He's someone that perhaps on a yearly basis will come to a nativity and celebrate his birth. Or maybe in a few weeks' time, when Easter comes around and all the, all the stuff that goes on with that, we might give some thought that Easter's something to do with Jesus Christ. But we really don't give the thought too often about who really Jesus is. Who really is Jesus and this question alone will determine your eternal destiny. That you were born in this season and in this life. And the Bible tells us that it is appointed on the man once to die. And after death, then there is a judgment day. And who will judge you? None other than Jesus Christ himself. You see, we are moving rapidly into the finality of time. We're actually in now a time where we see the, 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 the signs and the indications of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn to Scripture and if you read and if you look and if you see with the eyes of understanding, you can know that we are now in a day where we see all the indications that are around us that Jesus Christ is about to come. He said in Mark chapter 13 and verse 23, But take ye heed... Behold, I have foretold you all things. In those days, this is what Jesus said, after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars from heaven shall fall, the powers of heaven will be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory. That day is upon us. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who do you say that Jesus is? I want to tell you something. He's more than a story tonight. He is the King of glory. He came into this world. He was born in a filthy manger. He is fully God, but He so loved the world that He came into this world, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, healed the sick, raised the dead, taught like no one else could teach, and hung on a cross 2,000 years ago, shed His blood, put a crown of thorns upon his head. But when he cried from that cross, it is finished. It was finished forever. And on that third day when he rose again, he rose triumphant over death, over the devil, and over sin. Who do you say that Jesus is? He's coming, the Bible says, in the clouds with great power and great glory. He's coming, not as a baby. Listen, friends, not as a baby, because if you just see Jesus, he's just a baby in a manger. I want to tell you something. You'll be deceived and you'll be lost. If you see him just as a man that lived a life and somehow or another he ended up on a Roman cross and he died, but I'm not sure about that resurrection. I want to tell you something. On the third day, he rose again. But see him as he comes. In all his glory, and all his power, and all his splendor. See him as he bursts through the clouds when that trumpet sound goes. See him when the Bible tells us on that, when the hymn writer says, on the bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the earth. He's coming. Oh, he's coming, friends. 
He will judge the entire world on this one thing. This one thing. What is it, Tim? Who do you say that Jesus is? Not only do you say, who do you say that he is? What did you do with Jesus? The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 19 of a day of a great white throne judgment. The Bible says that the heaven is opened and behold, there's a white horse. And him that sat upon it was the faithful and true. Who is this? This is Jesus. And righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes, listen, his eyes are as flame as fire. His head were many crowns. And he had a name that was written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in vine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Now with it he should smite the nations and rule them with an iron rod. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, He's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Who do you say Jesus is? Jesus was brought before Pilate. They took him and they scourged him. The creator, the almighty God, incarnate in flesh. They plotted a crown of thorns. I want to tell you, friend, there's not a movie maker or director in this world could ever depict what happened to the Lord. They planted a crown of thorns upon his head. They put a purple robe on him. They mocked him. And they began to call, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. The Bible says that Jesus came forth wearing a crown of thorns, the purple robe. And Pilate says unto them, Behold the man. Who do you say that Jesus is? Pilate said, Behold the man. Mark's account tells us that the chief priests and the people at that time of the feast had a choice either to release Barabbas or Jesus. And Pilate asked this question, What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews. Do you know, I want to ask that question tonight. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with him? See, one day, regardless of your decision tonight, one day the Bible tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What will you do with this man Jesus. You see, your purpose, your reason for living, your birth, your life, your death, the beginning of time and the end of time and eternity all depends upon one man. And that man is Jesus. It's not just a question tonight that at the end of this you intellectually have accumulated more knowledge about Jesus. But you know my prayer is simple. 
that by the power of the Holy Ghost, your understanding is illuminated, that you see Jesus. You see him. And when you see him for who he is, then every man, woman, and every boy and girl in this house has a choice to make. What will you do with Jesus? Will you accept him? Will you ask him to come into your heart? Will you repent, say sorry for your sin and put your faith and trust in him and allow him to save you tonight? That means that you're born again. Or will you reject him? Will you reject the Lord? Will you walk out the same way you came in and said, I've heard it before. I've heard all of this before. I'm just going to carry on. I want to tell you, friends, time is so short. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, don't turn away or harden your heart. Will you accept Jesus for who he is tonight? He's your Lord and he's your Savior. He loves you so much that he died on that cross and he wants to save you. I'm glad that I know who Jesus is. And I pray that you'll know him too. Because what he's done for me and many in this room, he wants to do for you. We're close to the end. We really are. We're close to the end. This world all around us has waxed worse and worse. Wars, rumors of wars, plagues, you know. All the prophecies are being fulfilled all around us. The signs and the indications of everything that's happening is that this Jesus, this Jesus, remember what the angel said, this same Jesus is about to come. The trumpet will sound. Praise God, the dead in Christ will rise first. What a hope we have to see our loved ones again, those that have died in Christ. And all those that are saved will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What a day. But that's a great day of separation. It's a great day of separation. This is the truth. It's a great day of separation. Two will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. It's not enough just to know intellectually about Jesus. You've got to have Jesus in your heart. Tonight, friend, don't leave this place without getting right with God. Give your life to him. You can walk out of here and say, I know who Jesus is. I want to tell you something. There's nothing greater than this world than to know the Lord as your own and personal Savior. Let's pray. Father, tonight, we give you thanks and we praise you for who Jesus really is. And we pray in the name of Jesus that not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God, that you would move in hearts tonight. Lord, that you would open eyes, that you would convict of sin, that you would reveal yourself for who you really are. Whether here or maybe listening in online, we pray, Lord, if there's any that are concerned, want to be right with God, I pray that they would, Lord, come and see us, that we can speak to them and pray with them and point them to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this hour of grace, this time 
that you're not willing that any should perish, but they might know you, the Savior of the world. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Let's stand together tonight. Amen.